Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1219, air date May 27th, 2023. Hi, good evening, everyone. It's Dr. Shiva Ayadure. We'll wait for people to join. Um, uh, we're going to be discussing a very interesting topic today. It's about the three reasons why Sardinians live long and they live to over 100 years old. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Why Sardinians live long, the three reasons why they live to over 100 plus. As people are joining, what I want to let people know is a um, uh, few weeks ago, I, w- I went to Sardinia uh, to present some work and also to research this on the ground myself for both um, uh, a mission of truth, freedom, and health. And so before I start, what I want to share with everyone uh, is uh, many of you know that I've decided to run for president of the United States. And that decision was made because I believe we uh, really need a substantial change because uh, those of you in the United States, whether you know it or not, Americans, life expectancy is going down. The rest of the industrialized world is going up. So if you have a child, um, your child is expected to live less than you. So think about what I'm saying, the life expectancy of you um, is going down and that of your children will be going down even faster. So we're gonna talk about that, but before I do that, what I wanna do is I wanna play a video of uh, why I'm running for president. We'll be right back, but we're gonna be discussing today um, why the three reasons why Sardinians live over 100 and my views that you can learn a lot from this. And in fact, policymakers should be doing this, but they're not interested in doing that because most of them uh, say one thing and do another. So let me play this video for everyone. Who would have ever thought I'd be running for president of the United States of America? I was born a low-caste untouchable in India's caste system, a system of aristocracy, oppression, and racism. My name is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I'm an MIT PhD, a Fulbright scholar, a scientist, engineer, entrepreneur, and inventor. My family and I left India to come to America on my seventh birthday. I grew up in the working-class neighborhoods of New Jersey, playing baseball, mowing lawns, painting houses, and coding software. My friends and neighbors are Blacks, Italians, Irish, people of all races. As a 14-year-old, I wrote 50,000 lines of software code to create the world's first email system and was awarded the first U.S. copyright for email, recognizing me as its official inventor at a time when copyright was the only way to protect software inventions. I did that long before I ever came to MIT, revealing that big innovations can occur anytime, anyplace by anybody. Growing up, I saw politicians dividing us by race and religion in both America and India to have us fighting each other while they remained safe in their gated communities and in their playgrounds of Hollywood, Martha's Vineyard, and Silicon Valley. I'm a fighter. I fought racism and exposed their imperialist wars, fought for workers, and put my life on the line against global corruption. I never wanted to run for political office. All that changed when I saw working Americans as never before being duped by the establishment and the not-so-obvious establishment. Across left and right, we were being sold out and made to forget why we came to America and why America existed. Lawyers, academics, billionaires, celebrities and politicians, elites, Clintons, Kennedys, Bidens, Obamas, Bushes, black and white have hijacked America. They printed trillions for their friends. They delivered crumbling infrastructure, corruption and racism. They transfer trillions to themselves, dividing black and white, fear-mongering and fake science. Lockdowns and censorship, dirty air, food and water, pushing drugs upon us, making us sicker. We've been sold out. 
one set of rules for them and another for us. We deserve a warrior with a history of courage in putting everything on the line for you, who believes in you, not them, who has created a movement bottoms up for truth, freedom, health. I've exposed their lies at the right time, never waiting until it was popular. I've exposed their false gods who exist to lead you back to them. I've exposed their fake science of lockdowns and masking and provided you solutions to fight them and win and protect your immune system, saving millions. I exposed Fauci, galvanized the fire Fauci campaign when others remained silent. When they stole our election, we sued the government and Twitter in our historic 2020 federal lawsuit, exposing in bare view the government and big tech censorship infrastructure, the unholy alliance between government and social media companies. Where was Elon and his grifters? They stood by the sidelines and did nothing. They did not use their megaphones to help us when it could have made a big difference. Now our movement grows for truth, freedom, health, independent of all of them. Every day millions are learning the science of systems, the knowledge the elites do not want you to have, so you may learn how to think, stand up, and fight, independent of the establishment of left and right and their fake heroes. Now it's time for you to join the movement, to win back America, to win back truth, win back freedom, win back your health. That's why I'm running for President of the United States. This race is about you. This race is about truth, freedom, health versus power, profit, control. We've had enough. They think we'll fall in line and vote again for their lawyers, celebrities, billionaires, and chosen ones from above. We choose our heroes from below, from the rank and file who do what is right at the right time, not when it's convenient and popular. They can never represent us. What America needs is a movement by the working people for the working people or educated, organized, decentralized, and fight for independence from their systems of control. And that movement exists. It's ready for you. We don't need them. We need us to go bottoms up, neighbor to neighbor. My journey, your journey are all the same. It's our time. It's time we had one of us. It's time to win back truth, freedom, health, to win back America, be part of this historic movement, all the way to our victory on November 5th, 2024. If you're an American citizen, Pledge your vote now for Dr. Shivaya Duray, the independent candidate for U.S. President. No matter where you live, you can be a part of this. Volunteer as little as 20 minutes a day. Don't delay. This is Dr. Shivaya Duray, and I approve this message. Paid for by Dr. Shiva for President. All right, everyone. We're going to have an um, educational time. When was the last time you have a presidential candidate who actually knows engineering, biology, science, who actually has built his entire campaign on educating you. Um, so um, my getting elected will essentially help people get uh, healthier and live longer, um, but we're gonna do it anyway. We're gonna, all the way until election day, we're gonna be helping all of you. So what I wanna talk about today is um, about two weeks ago, I spent three weeks in a, a very beautiful place called Sardinia. Now, Sardinia is one of the largest islands, if not the largest islands, next, I believe, Sicily in the Mediterranean. And what's powerful about Sardinia is geographically, it's sort of right in the middle of the Mediterranean, you know, seven to eight hours away uh, from the East India and seven to eight hours away from the United States. So it's right in the center. So it's very, very strategic. And we'll talk about that. But the focus of today's discussion is really about um, the three reasons that Sardinians live uh, over 100 years. Uh, in fact, to be specific, Sardinia has um, the largest per capita number of people who live over 100 years. All right. So let me repeat that again. The largest per capita, which means out of 
um, you know, a thousand or a hundred thousand people, the most a number of people that live uh, per capita over um, a hundred. Interesting enough, in the uh, in the United States, that's called a centenarian. Um, for every five women who are centenarians in the United States, only one man is a centenarian. So only twenty percent of men are centenarians in the United States compared to women. However, in Sardinia, it's one to one. So every woman who's a centenarian, every man is a centenarian. So that's actually uh, quite profound also. Now, from a political context, um, why this is important is that in the United States right now, and I've shared this graph, you can go look at it on uh, the stuff I've done before. If I were to draw a line of all the industrialized nations, how long they're living their lifespan, let's say if you measured it from 1980 to today, it's a straight line going like this, okay? Which means the average of all the uh, other industrialized nations. However, in the United States, the line goes like this and it's going down. And it's been going down since the last 10 years. But starting in 1980, it deviated from that straight line. So why am I telling you this? The reason I'm telling you this from a political and policy perspective, um, the policies that were enacted starting in 1960s, which really came to fruition in 1970, and started having an effect in 1980, starting with the Kennedy administration, starting um, you know post-Kennedy, and picking up when Ronald Reagan came in, really started driving that curve downward, away from the other industrialized nations. So all the other countries are going like this, US is going like that. So if you're an American, think very uh, clearly about this. That means whether it was Reagan, whether it was Bush, whether it was Jimmy Carter, whether it was Donald Trump, whether it was Joe Biden, whether it was left or right, Clinton, et cetera, Obama, they, all of these politicians, their policies, all of these academics in all the big institutions, the policies that they recommended, all of the media talking heads, and none of them will talk about this. All of their news, all of their science, all of their policies have been destroying the lifespan of the American public. So let that sink in. Okay, let that really sink in. That means that left and right, Demo Democrat and Republican, have destroyed the health of the American public. To all of you outside of America, what you want to think about is many people, because they watch Hollywood, mimic America. So if the United States is going like this, the rest of the other industrialized nations are also going to be coming. So um, people are not immune from this. And I'll talk about this in the context of Sardinia. And there's four other countries which have this very high per capita of centenarians. It's uh, in Icaria, Greece. They're called, quote unquote, uh, blue zones. There's another place uh, in Costa Rica, uh, 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 Sardinia, and um uh, Loma Linda, um, California. Okay. And I'll come to those. Loma Linda really should not be included in there. Many people talk about it, but um, uh, definitely those uh, three areas that I talked about the Sardinia, Icaria, Greece, uh, Costa Rica. All right. So those places, people are living long per capita. All right. Um, actually, the fourth place is uh, uh, Okinawa, Japan. But Okinawa is headed in the other direction. Because Burger King, McDonald's, all these processed foods are coming in. The lifestyle is changing. So Okinawa, Japan, where they used to have the highest per capita, they're actually going off the blue zone list. So you really have Sardinia left. You have uh, Icaria, Greece, and Costa Rica. All right? So that's what we're talking about. So 
what I want to do is to give you the three reasons why this is occurring. Why is this occurring? Why are the three reasons that the Sardinians are living long? Okay, 100 plus. Before I go into that, I want to let everyone know, but many of you know, I'm the first guy again who started, many of the first, we started exposing Elon Musk for the scumbag who he is um, and all the social media companies. It was my uh, historic lawsuit that exposed the government backdoor portal into Twitter. Since I've been back on Twitter, they've allowed me back on, but they have me in a cage. So all of you, if you're watching this video, please make sure to hit the like button or the heart. Please make sure to retweet it. Please make sure to comment on it and get the word out there. So please do that right now. If you're doing that, like this video, you know, retweet it, share it, etc. Because that's how we use your own independent energy to um, change the dynamics of their shadow banning. Um, the other thing is uh, we have our own platform. You can go to bashiva.tv and also look at this there. But um, the other thing I want to recommend to everyone, Ken Fielding just brought it up, is that I'll put the banner up on this. Every Thursdays at 11 a.m. and 8 p.m., I do an open house where all of you can come. We do our town hall for the presidential campaign. And after that's over, I do a deep discussion, open house about the movement for truth, freedom, health, truth, freedom and health. It's not just truth, not just freedom, but truth, freedom and health. So uh, please uh, take advantage of that Thursdays, 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. EST. And all you need to do is to go to vashiva.com uh, slash orientation RSVP. All right. So those are some bookkeeping. So let's talk about uh, the three reasons. The first reason that people live long in Sardinia is um, community, family, the, the, the concept of community. They have friendships, very close friendships. Um, they're based on a certain set of spiritual understanding, communal ownership, communal activity. All right. The second thing is people do sort of medium and low intensity uh, activity, physical activity by walking. Um, the, the region is very mountainous. Uh, people used to be isolated um, and people used to walk. It was um, not that uh, uncommon for people to walk, you know, uh, eight uh, uh, to, you know, 15 kilometers in a day. Right. That's about uh, five to 10 miles. An individual would do that, right? Up and down hills. So they're getting moderate activity, you know, low impact activity, going up hills, a more high impact activity. So activity, vigorous activity, but with some intensity. All right. They weren't, they didn't have gyms, they weren't going out and lifting weights, but they did have activity. The other piece is that's really important to remember there's two aspects. The foods that they ate were locally grown and used traditional practices, such as fermentation fermented foods. And these are very, very valuable for having high antioxidant activity, but particularly supporting what we call the gut uh, brain, um, the gut microbiome and the gut brain health. All right. So I'm sharing with you as a presidential candidate, as an engineer, as a systems biologist, these three important reasons, community, social uh, interactions with people. They weren't done on social media, people actually hanging out together, having dinners together, going, uh, doing some religious activities, spiritual activity. When I was in Sardinia in just those three weeks, there were, uh, we did a huge um, uh, demonstration where literally within 24 hours, 300 people showed up where I did a talk on the steps of a church. Um, and then there was a two huge events where thousands of people marched um, on May 1st and May 4th. 
uh, to support uh, the, uh, what's called Saint Ephesio, who was a great saint, who was a Roman soldier who was sent to Sardinia to uh, kill all the Christians, and he wouldn't do it because he had an epiphany. He became a Christian, and in honor of him, every between May 1st and May 4th, the, the villagers in Sardinia all come together and they honor him by carrying his statue between May first uh, and May fourth, where they bring it back. And then um, also in the small town that I stayed in, Oliastra, they again had a procession. So people do these communal activities. They're not on social media chatting and tweeting. They literally get together as friends and family, have food, etc. And I'll talk about. I'll get more into details. The other thing is, as I mentioned, people do uh, light and moderate, vigorous activity during the day. Okay, so they're getting out in the sunshine, doing physical walking, typically walking. There's no um, weightlifting. Obviously, the shepherds in their times, they did physical labor also. All right. The the woman that uh, whose hotel we stayed at, as we were driving along, we see her 85-year-old father, and he's actually climbing up a tree. All right. So very active people, right? Physical activity. The third piece, as I mentioned, we're going to get more into it. I want to repeat this again, is these people ate local foods, local foods, and they used traditional methods. Okay. And it wasn't they were just vegetarians or they uh, just were eating carnivores. Right. Uh, there's a guy called Dan Butner who wrote a book uh, called The Blue Zones, and he actually ripped it off from someone else, but he got a lot of back-end support from the New York Times to push himself, he said, oh, everyone's vegan. And you have to watch these people because it was a lie. And while apparently one of the women I met in Sardinia said, this guy was eating pork fat and be uh, beef and um, having cheese. And he was saying, oh, don't take pictures of me. But he wrote a book saying all the Sardinians are vegan. Absolutely false. When I was in Sardinia, people ate cheese, they eat meat, they eat goat. Um, and they also eat vegetables, okay? So you have a lot of people who have an agenda. So having been on the ground as a scientist, I can tell you they're not vegetarians, okay? Does that mean they consume a massive carnivore or they just eat vegan? No, they um, eat these foods, but using traditional and local methods. So let me go a little more deeper now into this. Let's begin by talking about the first aspect, community, okay? What does that mean? Well, what was obvious was that people have a sense of connection with other people. Um, there's, uh, there's, there was a sense of uh, service to people. People are very kind, you know, supporting each other, um, not thinking, oh, should I do this or not for that person? But one of the political things that we need to understand is that in the history of Sardinia, they come from the neuralgic origin of the Neolithic people. Um, there was always a sense of community. Um, and by the way, Sardinian language is different than Italian language. Though Italy, quote unquote, owns Sardinia, the Sardinian language is different. What's important to understand that the Sardinian people uh, today, at one point, they never viewed the land as my land. There was no sense of private property. This is very important to understand. It's a very deeply earth-based concept. The Dravidians in South India used to have it. The Iroquois used to have it. But the fundamental idea was that everyone owned the land. It was truly, quote unquote, lowercase uh, communism, if you want to call it primitive communism, uh, not uppercase Soviet capital C, which God knows what that is. But meaning that they communally owned the land. In fact, today, 90 percent 
of the land. Dan was going out with a vegan and lied, yes, about their diet. Yes, that's what Dan Bootner. Yeah, he completely lied. He had another agenda, uh, Miriam. All right. So the important thing to understand is so the from a community standpoint, even today, when we took a trek up to the mountains, our guide, he said, you know, this is my land. This is my land. He goes, all of us together. So if there is about 1.5 million people, if, if you assume all the acreage of uh, Sardinia, they all own it together. That's quite interesting. Communal property. Um, uh, the other important thing to recognize is that um, about 10 years ago, the Italian government came into Sardinia and they said, we're going to, uh, 10 or 15 years ago, we're going to nationalize the land and we're going to make it a national park. And because of the communal nature and the community-based nature, which still exists, the people of Sardinia rose up and they said, no way. So these people also, at least the older generation, still has a fighting attitude. And they stopped the Italian government from taking away their communal land. So when I mean community, I'm not talking about people just sitting and drinking wine and having fun. They have the spirit of they are um, a people that uh, own, yes, working together. They're together in on this. And you see this, um, you can see it in the history of Sardinia. Um, and you can also see it in the fact that they opposed the imperialism of the Italian government. All right. So the sense of community. Now, to back up this during in 2020, I was the first scientist who spoke about why the lockdowns were bad. OK, I did a whole series on it. The scumbag, Booby F. N. Kennedy, who stole all of our stuff. And now he's writing a book, literally stealing our concept. He's a truth warrior, complete scumbag. But Booby Kennedy, Booby F. N. Kennedy was telling people the lockdowns were good. Go look at it. As a March of 2020, he was supporting lockdowns. Lock, step, and barrel with Fauci. Lock, step, and barrel with Fauci because he also said this was supporting the climate um, uh, um, uh, climate change, you know, that, that it was helping uh, vehicles off, um, uh, uh, you know, not put out CO2. Complete idiot. I was the only one who said this lockdowns from a biology standpoint are bad because you are isolating people. And I shared at that time a, a very important paper, which I'm going to share with you right now, uh, done by Stephen Cole. Okay. And that paper, um, uh, which I shared, I went into details. I'm not going to do that today, but convincingly showed that when you isolate people and you make them lonely, um, there are some very, very important uh, aspects that take place. It's called um, a set of very important um, uh, uh uh, genetic activity that takes place that's called conserved transcriptional response to adversity. Conserved transcriptional response to adversity called CTRA. And I'm going to go into this. So, but if you think about CTRA gets, which means um, uh, your body responds in such a way genetically at the, at the DNA level that it starts creating substances in your body which create inflammation and reduce the antiviral activity of your body, which means your immune system uh, starts getting destroyed. And the immune system is a key to longevity. If you think about longevity, all the factors that affect longevity, it is the immune system that fundamentally is central. So if you have a strong immune system, you're going to live long, okay? You're going to ward off diseases. If you destroy your immune system, 
you're not going to live long. Okay. And stupid booby effing Kennedy was supporting lockdowns at the most important time, March of 2020, when all the stuff was talking. I was the only one who came out because as a scientist, as a systems biologist, I could see this. I could. We were the ones who called out Fauci in the fire Fauci campaign. None of these grifters did that. It's very important in life to tell the truth at the right time. And I did it. Our movement for truth, freedom, and health did it. All right. So we take credit for that because had these others done that, uh, we would have saved a lot of people's lives. But they didn't because they're all scumbags and they're all opportunists. And furthermore, they know nothing about science. All right. So and you can go to truthfreedomhealth.com and I'll play a video on that, encouraging you guys to become warrior scholars. But the bottom line is community is important. I'm going to share this paper with you so you understand it. You can go um, when you want, get it on your own. But let me bring it up right here. Um, here it is. Okay, it's a, it, it was published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. And I think all of you guys can see it here. All right, there. So the name of the, the title of the paper is a very tough a paper it's called or tough sounding title it's called myeloid differentiation architecture of leukocyte transcriptome dynamics and perceived social isolation and what this paper really talks about um is that they did tests between um you know in um primates and they basically induced lo um loneliness okay uh what's called perceived social isolation loneliness in humans and what they discovered was that at a very fundamental level, the, the, at, at the genetic level, the body started to change when it was isolated. It increased CTRA, which is this, um, uh, what, let me just bring it up here. CTRA, as the paper here shares, is the, let me highlight it right here, is the, uh, conserved transcriptional response to adversity, okay? When that increases, that means your genetic activity is producing proteins and producing substances that are down-regulating antiviral activity and up-regulating, so in this case, down-regulation of type 1 and type 2 interferons. Type 1 and type 2 interferons are very, very important for a strong immune system, okay? Which means antiviral activity. And they upregulated um, all sorts of substances which um, are inflam inflammation. So when you have social isolation, what this paper conclusively showed is that your genetics of your own body starts producing substances which are infl infl inflammatory. So your body becomes infl inflamed, okay? Um, it becomes an inflammatory state, we all know inflammation is a cause of pretty much every major disease. The other thing that the body starts doing is it downregulates, in, like in this case, type one and type two interferons, which was, by the way, I did a lot of work for my PhD work on that, which are very important modulators between your adaptive and your, um, uh, uh, your uh, you know, uh, late stage immune system. I, I, mean, I mean, your early stage immune system, okay? So these are very, very important molecules. So loneliness, we know at a fundamental level, hurts your immune system and your body starts does not produce the antivirals it needs. And this is what Booby Effing Kennedy was supporting. Remember that. And Booby Effing Kennedy, I'm talking about is RFK Jr., the scumbag, who is a complete liar. And that's why I have so much anger towards this guy, because he promotes himself as though he's a fighter. He's all made up by the deep state. 
to manipulate a lot of people. But this guy was promoting lockdowns. Lockdowns isolated people. Lockdowns created more death among people. All right. So that's what you need to understand. The second thing we need to understand, the Sardinians, because they have uh, communal relationships, um, they're kind. There's a sense of service. They're in a community that kindness and that service also um, downregulate CTRA activity. And I just want to share with you another paper on that. OK, again, this is a science that you're not going to get from any other presidential candidate or any of these other guys, because, first of all, they don't know any science. They can't even read these papers. Um, but the genomic impact of kindness to self versus others. So it's a randomized control uh, a trial done. And what did they find? They found, again, participants who were randomized to perform kinds, a kind acts for others showed significant reduction in CTRA gene expression relative to controls. That's the main thing here, right? So CTRA gene expression, as I've said, when you have um, CTRA gene expression, that means your body is producing inflammatory markers and it's down-regulating your natural antivirals. Look, your body is itself an amazing pharmaceutical factory. It can produce antivirals and it can also produce uh, anti-inflammatories. But when the CTRA expression happens, right? When you're lonely, right? Uh, your body increases CTRA expression. But when you do acts of kindness and you have service, this wonderful research at the genetic level shows that your body reduces CTRA. So that's that's at the biological level why we need community. Our movement, Truth, Freedom, and Health is about building community. Um, every Thursdays we get together, either physically um, or online, and we're encouraging people to start building these communities with a sense of recognizing that truth, freedom, and health are all interrelated. The Sardinia example is great. They're fighting for freedom. They have great health, and they also understand the science of their own a history. All right. Very, very powerful. So those are the two things. So I, I just gave you two papers or many papers emerging showing the power of community, the power of interacting with people in loving ways and being kind and being service oriented. All right. So number one reason people live long in Sardinia. Number one is because they have community. They get together. They have friendships, not on social media. They actually have real friends. They, have, they know they're secure. They can rely on people. They have extended family. It's not like every 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 man for himself. And that is what um, America has become. And that is what America wants to make the world. Now, in Japan, as I said, which used to be a blue zone, it's heading in the other direction. OK, uh, because Japan, where they used to have these traditional diets, these traditional lifestyle, uh, McDonald's, Burger King, uh, all the Western imperialist way of living is also destroying that culture. And by the way, it doesn't mean Sardinia is going to survive this either. OK. All right. And um, uh, I want to share with you something very powerful about the negative side of what's going on in Sardinia with U.S. and NATO. And I'll, I'll talk about that. All right. The second thing I want to talk about of why people live long in Sardinia is they actually have physical activity. All right. Now, what does that physical activity mean? Does that mean they're going to the gym and lifting weights? Um, I enjoy lifting weights. I enjoy resistance training. And you know, we enjoy running. We enjoy walking. But primarily what they do is they do lots and lots of walking. OK. And the walking isn't just flatline walking. They have hills up and down. So they get, uh, you know, low level impact activity plus resistance activity. Because when you're walking up and down hills, you're getting that resistance activity. 
So the second thing is they do vigorous activity. And it's not like they're trying to control their calories too. What's interesting is, um, and again, we've had a lot of false reporting that's taking place by people like this guy, uh, Bootner, because he has an agenda. Um, there are reports of, you know, the shepherds, you know, consuming up to 3,000, 4,000 calories, right? What, what an athlete consumes, but they're doing a lot of vigorous activity. It's not like they're counting calories because they're doing vigorous activity. They don't need to do that. Vigorous meaning, you know, walking long distances up and down hills. So that's the second reason. Now, before I go to give you the third reason, I want to play you a, a quick video that really, because I've referred to our movement for truth, freedom, and health, and I want everyone to understand why uh, we created this movement. I want to just play you a quick video, and I'll come back um, to talk about the third reason people live long in Sardinia, and then to also discuss some of the very important political things taking place with U.S. and NATO, where U.S. and NATO is doing something really, really hor horrible in Sardinia, which I want to also share with you, and it's very important for everyone to understand what's going on there. But let me play you a little video, which will help people understand what is our movement for truth, freedom and health. And I'll be right back in a few minutes. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within. And the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you, deep down inside them that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. This reality is what people need to wake up to. And we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that. And that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four-year-old kid, studying revolutionary movements, left-wing, right-wing. There's a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom, and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media. We need leaders, but they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. Wow. We gotta train people. First with understanding what a system is, the dynamics of all systems that affect nature. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas hypothesis into truth, which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. Truth, freedom, health. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up. Working people, people who work uniting. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, Forget celebrities, you got to learn politics, and there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is the not-so-obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is the not-so-obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you, 
on the left and the right, the Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you, the Tucker Carlsons. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the left wing, Bernie Sanders, oh, he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags. Or you're going to follow some right-wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. We're building a bottoms-up movement. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change. Bottoms-up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own, quote unquote, people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum. People can go to truthfreedomhelp.com and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics. And I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people two years of MIT control systems. I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I got to build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. Now, the Senate campaigns expanded to the movement for truth, freedom and health, and they can find it on truthfreedomhealth.com. So people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a Truth, Freedom, Health leader, I offer a full scholarship there. But we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to truthfreedomhealth.com. All right, everyone, welcome back. So to all of you joining uh, uh, just now, we're doing a talk on the three reasons why Sardinians live over 100. As I mentioned, I was there for about three weeks. Again, the first reason we talked about is they have community, social connections, interactions. Um, They also have a sense of people coming together. As I mentioned, 90% of the land in Sardinia is owned by the people. Uh, People do uh, small things, large things together, but they have a sense of interconnections. And we also talked about the two science papers I just shared that show how when you have loneliness, your genetics actually uh, will upregulate um, inflammatory inflammation in your body and downregulate antivirals. And also when you have service and people work together and you have kindness among people, your body also turns off the bad genes, which will lead to inflammation and actually turns on the good genes, which produce antivirals. So that's what we talked about. The second reason was people have activity, which means they're walking a lot, Uh, not just flat walking, but up and down. So they get some moderate activity plus some light activity. So they're getting resistance. All right. The third thing that I want to talk about is uh, people ate locally, traditionally based foods. What do I mean by this? Look, the problem is that if you go on YouTube and you say, oh, what should I eat? You got all these people every five years, there's another expert coming in in the United States. And most of these guys, 
we'll just come up with this reductionist approach. Reductionist means you don't take a whole constellation approach of there's many, many factors. You say, okay, everyone's just got to eat raw food, eat vegetables all day. Okay. Another group will say, okay, everyone eat fat all day and that'll become a diet. No, no, no. Everyone should just eat the Atkins protein all day. No, 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 no. Everyone should just be eating carnivore diet. Don't eat any plant-based foods and so on. All right. And you can see this. And it's unfortunate because what ends up happening is the people making money off this are typically the public publishing companies. Um, there's people who say, oh, today we're going to make this guy our major um, a, a best-selling author. They'll give him a three um, a book deal and he'll come up with his sort of reductionist scam that he'll do. But the, so, for example, if you take people say, don't eat grains, they're horrible. Well, many of these people do not understand. They've never lived in traditional cultures. I grew up in a traditional culture. In no traditional culture do people simply just take the grain and cook it, okay? They typically take the grain and do, they do some type of processing. So in Indian culture, for example, you take rice or you take a grain and you'll put it in water and you'll soak it and you'll ferment it a little bit, okay? Sometimes two or three days or you'll sprout it. And you'll throw away the water. You'll get rid of what are called the phytates, the phytic acid, which actually blocks your body from consuming minerals. So these idiots who just say don't eat grains are basing it on the fact that grains are bad because they have phytates. Look, everything in nature is, quote unquote, good or bad. Yes, plants protect themselves with toxins so they don't get eaten. But human beings over years using our brain, we've learned how to do processing. So many traditional cultures learned how to be vegetarians, but they learned how to do this processing. But American vegetarians and people would just say, I'm going to be a vegetarian. They just don't know how to do the food and they actually look unhealthy. So then the other groups to say vegetarianism doesn't work. Okay. But the point is that many traditional cultures did locally grown foods and they knew how to process it. Typically involved some type of sprouting of the grains or some type of traditional processing. So it reduced the toxins in the food and enlivened it. So that's something I want to talk about. That's an example of traditional processing. Many cultures also fermented foods in ways that you and I may find, quote unquote, disgusting or something, but it was part of natural culture. Cheese, for example, and I'll talk about, uh, I'm going to give you a, 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 the various products that I tried when I was in Sardinia. And it, and it reminded me of growing up in India where people eat typically foods that are locally made and they follow a traditional processing to get the most bang for the buck, the most nutritional density. All right. So this is something we have to remember. All right. Um, uh, it is not. Um, uh, yeah. And they did some type of fasting too. Right. Many cultures also did um, on once a week or once during the change of the seasons. But they didn't get into it like suddenly, oh, I'm only going to fast. I'm going to do intermittent fasting all day and that's it. No, because this is where the problems occur. Um, it's unfortunate because of the publishing industry. People tend to promote fads in the United States and that doesn't work. This was worked into their cultural uh, aspect of who they were. OK, um, you know, on Fridays you, you took maybe you didn't eat uh, the whole day and you and, and you fast and you did a light meal starting up Saturdays. But many, many cu traditional cultures had this. But. It was always locally grown traditional foods, which were fermented. Now, part of that fermentation, again, the third reason people live long is 
they did some type of, again, locally grown traditional foods, but it involved typically some type of fermented food, fermented wine. In the case of Sardinia, they have the uh, Canon um, Al wine, Canon Al wine. And I'll show it to you. It comes from a very specific grape. Okay. And let me share with you here. And um, here we go. So it comes from this grape. Okay. It's a very rich grape, but it has tons and tons of antioxidants. Okay. And our uh, cytosol, by the way, is doing a whole bunch of research on this to try to understand the components in it and what it actually does. What are the things that actually um, helps upregulate relative to anti-aging? All right. So one of the things was the, the Kananawa uh, wine. Um, and when they, when I, I'm sorry, drank it, that's one of the fermented drinks. And when I mean they drank the wine, it's not like, okay, we're going to party and we're going to have a bottle each. No, it was about, you know, four ounces. All right. Four to maybe six ounces uh, during the day. It wasn't, again, they did tons and tons of drinking for the case of drinking. All right. So that's something to understand. So that was one of the important fermented drinks that they had. Okay. The other important thing to understand is I'll give you another example. They, um, uh, because it's a very, very hilly region in the mountains, very rocky region um, in the Oleoster region, which is typically in the east, in the east, eastern coast um, of Sardinia, um, the shepherds um, in the hills, you can't have lambs, but you have goats. And these goats were brought up in such a way that they are both um, wild plus also domesticated, which means they let the go goats roam and the goats come back, you know, uh, when, when they want to come back. And sometimes they become wild and they don't come back. All right. Um, but the important thing is that goats, they had the goat meat of the baby goats from up to like five months. That's when they butchered the goats. Where did cheese come from? Interestingly enough, um, they have a very particular kind of cheese, which um, they showed me uh, uh, this, this, uh, cheese. Um, when um, when you have the baby goats, the baby goat is fed what? The baby goat is fed mother's milk. It's not fed anything else but mother's milk. Not grass, but mother's milk. Um, and it turned out, I don't know the exact date when this occurred or what time period, but thousands of years ago when they uh, butchered the goat, they opened up the stomach. Remember, the stomach was just being fed mother's milk. And in uh, uh, the gut of the stomach was guess what was forming because of the enzymes in, in the baby goat's stomach, um, cheese. Okay. In fact, so they started a process and I'll show you right here of taking the stomachs of the baby goats. All right. Taking the stomachs of the baby goats and letting them, um, after the stomachs were taken out, they would actually let the stomachs, um, hang right? As this. So this is, that's a stomach of the baby goat. And inside that, if you open it up, is cheese because the baby goat's gut is filled with actual milk. It's fermented milk. And you could let it rest for, you know, months, you know, six months, a year. So when I was there, um, uh, the shepherd that we went to visit actually let us have uh, the, the stomach. We opened it up uh, from about, I think, a uh, seven-month-old baby goat that he was letting ferment. It sounds, quote-unquote, disgusting to your typical uh, Western mind, right? But this was part of this traditional culture. And it was it, it was very intense tasting, but it was obviously cheese. But what's important to remember, and, and traditionally, this is, um, if, if you uh, want to know the name of it, 
it's um it's called uh kalu de cabredu all right or kajiu de krabitu okay i'm not pronouncing it perfectly right but it's it's an edible goat rennet right but you're literally getting the cheese you open up the stomach um and you slice it open and you know um it, there's no blood or anything in it because it's fermented but what's really important about this is that that cheese has tremendous amounts of free fatty acids free fatty acids it's abundant with it and the reason free fatty acids are very very important is that they really promote gut health and they improve anti-inflammatory activities again you're getting back to the immune system you see immune system living long are coupled without a strong immune system you can't live long but the bottom line is that cheese is very it was very intense um and that the intensity of that cheese um, has tremendous amounts of free fatty acids, okay? Free fatty acids, anti-inflammatory activities, and it supports gut health. Gut health is directly related to brain health. They've done some amazing work showing that people, if you just increase fiber intake, you can eliminate dementia, okay? So fiber intake, gut health, bowel health is directly related to uh, brain health. So again, uh, brain health, lack of dementia is one of the important signs of living long. Again, for those of you listening, please know that given the scumbag Elon Musk and given the scumbags of big tech, um, and they know that I'm independent in my thinking, our movement's independent, you're independent. Um, we always tell the truth way ahead. They're doing tremendous amounts of shadow banning. So if you're watching this, please do a couple of things right now. Share this video, You know, share the post, tweet it out, tell your friends, but tweet, like, reshare um, if you're watching it, if you like this, okay? Now, another example of a food that they have, so I gave you an example of wine. I gave you an example of a dairy product, right? Cheese, so one stuff coming from fruits, the wine, uh, the Cananoa uh, grapes, the, the, the cheese, and they have many different kinds of cheeses. Um, when they make cheese, by the way, the way that's left over, by the way, if you know how you make cheese, um, various cultures make cheese different ways. You take milk, you heat it to about, you know, when it's warm, like 90 degrees um, Celsius, and you can add an enzyme. That's what they do in Sardinia. In India, they typically add lemon, and it separates the fat from the whey, and then you can use cheesecloth, or you can take the cheese out with your hands, and then you make the cheese. And the whey is typically drunk. Many people find the whey very, very healthy for the gut. You can give it to your farm animals also, all right? So we talked about dairy. So uh, Dan Bootner was completely bullshitting people. This guy wrote the book on the blue zones. He's saying everyone's vegan, absolutely false. People eat cheese, okay? And a good amount of it, all right? The third thing that people do in Sardinia is they actually eat whole grains, but they eat whole grains, not processed grains. Just to give you an idea, in the United States, 30, uh, uh, the average person consumes 33% of their food is coming from carbohydrates. And 80% of that comes from restaurant-based carbohydrates. You understand what I'm saying? So when they're consuming carbohydrates in their diet, most of it's coming from restaurants, which are highly processed, refined carbohydrates. That's not what I mean by carbohydrates. So we have to say carbohydrates, what's the source? It's unrefined whole grains, all right? All right, unrefined whole grains. And one example of that, that was a very uh, essential part 
of the Sardinian diet. Let me go away from the, the goat uh, cheese here, is the pane carasu, okay? Pane carasu is a flat bread. Um, it's, it's, very, it's, it's a flat bread that now the peasants could carry this, but it's made from semolina and it's whole grain semolina, okay? It's not something that's uh, processed, okay? And so it's, and, and one of the important things to understand about pane carasu is even though it's a carbohydrate, it's very important to remember that it has a very, very low glycemic index, right? It's not like you're getting a sugar spike when you eat it. It's made with lactic acid bacteria, like in the sourdough, all right? And it produces in your body a bunch of peptides, proteins. It's high protein, very low glycemic index, and it reduces actually the, the risk of chronic diseases such as diabetes. So here is a carbohydrate that reduces your risk of uh, diabetes. It doesn't cause inflammation. It's high in protein, all right? Um, again, the point being that this is a grain. And again, you have all these people on the meat side saying, don't eat grains, don't eat grains. Well, you are people who live 100 plus and they do eat this flatbread. In fact, 46% of their diet is carbohydrates like this. 33% of the U.S. diet is carbohydrates. Most of it's coming from refined carbohydrates. So here people are consuming carbohydrates, but how is it they're making it? That's the key thing, okay? How is it traditional, locally grown, um, and made in a way that retains um, uh, the key ingredients so it supports your gut, all right? So now there are many other foods they eat. For example, um, very minimally processed. Minimally processed is important. Um, uh, uh, honey, okay? Um, uh, they also eat a cheese, which you may find really disgusting, uh, but we had it. It's considered an aphrodisiac. Once you get the cheese from the goat, um, you actually let flies sit on it and put the worms in it. And the worms and the flies process the cheese in such a way that it also produces some, some very, very valuable uh, nutrients for your body. I'm not saying everyone should go to eat that. But remember, this is an ancient, traditional culture, traditional diet. All right. So you have the fact that people have community in this very nice, rich culture. People feel protected, community, friendships. So that's one thing we can learn. Um, do we have friends? Who, who can you call on when you have help? Um, are you being isolated like these idiots did do, do during COVID? Horrible for the body at a genetic level. Number two, are you getting some activity? Uh, you don't need to run to the gym if you have some hills and you can walk, you know, three, four miles a day. Could be very, very valuable for you. And third, as much as you can get locally grown sourced foods, you minimally process and particularly the fermented foods that support your gut. Fermented foods that support your gut. In India, there's a dish, I, I'll probably do, a, you know, the dishes of India, a, a dish called an idli, where you take rice and a particular type of bean, you ferment it for three days, mix it together, and you steam it. Very, very valuable food, but it's fermented, it's good for the gut. So if you want to live long, think about the immune system. What supports the immune system? Community. What supports the immune system? Exercise, activity. What supports the immune system? Eating locally sourced, minimally processed foods, but having the array coming from meats, coming from dairy, as well as coming from grain. You don't, you're not, uh, not giving your, you know, isolating yourself from anything. Yeah, so uh, Melinda Nieto says, um, fermented foods support your gut, definitely. So 
In fact, as you look across many of these cultures who live long, they had community support. I'm giving you Sardinian as an example. They had uh, some activity. People did something every day physically. And the third thing was they had these locally grown foods which had a fermented component. In fact, some type of fermented wine. But again, this does not mean you're getting plastered every day, okay? In closing, what I wanna talk about is something very, very unfortunate that's grow going on in Sardinia. Um, one of the reasons I went there was, as many of you know, as a scientist, I work full-time with a very powerful technology we created called Cytosolve. Cytosolve allows us to um, use this technology that took me many, many years to develop where we can actually go at the molecular systems level and understand how combinations of food work. In fact, the research, we're gonna be publishing a paper very soon looking at anti-aging compounds in these kinds of foods and what they do at the molecular systems level. What we can see what's happening every day is those in power are not uh, are making it very difficult for farmers to survive, like what's happening in the Netherlands. Um, they're destroying the crops with poisons, right? Glyphosate, genetic engineered foods. So unfortunately, we have to figure out what are the compounds in nature and how we can start combining them to at least get the nutrients we need. Um, I want to share with you, uh, and before, before I go there, uh, I want to share with you one of the powers of Cytosol that we use to literally find um, in bitter orange, which is a very um, a, 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 a citrus fruit, we found a very in interesting ingredient in there uh, called hesperidin and, and from uh, chamomile flowers and from uh, other substances, a very powerful, um, again, bioflavonoid called apigenin. When we put these together in the right combination, it had a very powerful effect uh, on anti-inflammation joint health. I wanna share with you a quick video on that because the cytosol approach is what we're gonna be doing to look at the Sardinian foods to figure out what is actually working at the molecular level. And then I'll come back and I wanna talk to you about the horrible thing that US and NATO is doing to the people of Sardinia before I leave for tonight. But let me just share with you this quick video about a very powerful capability of product that we developed by taking the system's food-based approach. Millions of people suffer every day from painful discomfort and swelling, but most pain medications come with harsh side effects, and many alternative supplements have little scientific backing. That's why we at Cytosolve created MV25. MV25 was formulated using the Cytosolve Computational Systems Biology Platform, a technology for precision and personalized health invented by Dr. Shiva during his doctoral research at MIT. This formulation is the result of computing trillions of potential combinations of biomolecular interactions derived from thousands of peer-reviewed scientific papers published across four decades by 68 research institutions to discover an optimal synergy of compounds that downregulate biomarkers of discomfort and normal swelling. Hi, I'm Barbara Ann. My hands would cramp up so that I couldn't hold cards or knit or crochet. And they would go like that. Not have to use this when I played cards with my grandkids. And I'd start taking that MV25. After a bit, I was able to hold cards in my hand, 
very, very little cramping, hardly at all anymore. MV25. Hi, my name is Sandy. I'm a Taekwondo instructor. I tore my ACL during Taekwondo. I had a lot of pain and limited mobility. I've been taking the MV25 for about six months now. After the first week, I noticed a big difference. After the second week, almost literally no pain. My name is Jeremy and I suffer from a lower back problem. Hurt my back at work years ago and I can go to the chiropractor, do all kinds of different things and nothing seems to help. And I decided to try MV25. I didn't notice a difference immediately, but within a few days, the pain went away and it stayed away. I've continued to take it. And even when I do things that I shouldn't do, it seems to go away a lot quicker than it ever did before. MV25 is certified clean, 100% non-GMO, made in America and GMP certified for good manufacturing practices. MV25 is Cytosolve optimized which means that this formula has been engineered to maximize benefits while minimizing toxicity based on current research curated by Cytosolve. As the science advances, so will this formulation. This is our promise. Order online at mv25.life. Consult your doctor before taking any supplement or medication and use as directed. MV25. Everyone, once again, we're going to be wrapping up uh, our discussion today on the three reasons that people in Sardinia uh, live long. Um, I think I've uh, pretty much completed that, but the three reasons, as I just to summarize, are one, community, which supports immune system, friendships, interactions, uh, sense of being with other people and having friendships. Number two, as I mentioned, was activity, typically walking, some uh, both moderate and light act uh, walking you know, hills and those kind of things. And then the last piece was locally grown foods, which were uh, particularly fermented drinks and fermented foods. Very, very important. So, I mean, there's many other things, but those are like the three high points. Um, when I started this discussion, I mentioned to you that the United States life expectancy is going down and the other industrialized nations is going, continues to go up. And it was because of the policies that were enacted by Democrats and Republicans, which are still in place. So someone who's running for president of the United States, I can tell you that the United States is really heading to a major disaster. People want to vote for any other any of these other candidates. You're going to end up uh, suffering and dying sooner. Frankly, I'm the only one who can get America out of this hellhole of, uh, you know, dying sooner and suffering. And my goal is to help people live long and prosper. That's why I believe we should study from the Sardinians. The dark side of what's going on in Sardinia is the following. When I landed there on April 30th, um, May 1st, the next morning was this beautiful ceremony supporting this wonderful Saint Ephesio, who, as I mentioned, was a Roman soldier who had betrayed Rome and become a Christian, and he was beheaded by the Roman army for doing that. Anyway, that was in about 308 AD. Um, for the last many hundreds of years, the Sardinians in commem commem commemoration to him, they do this festival on May 1st, where they walk his statue from Cagliari all the way up to uh, Nora. And then they, on May 4th, they bring the statue back. It's about 80 kilometers. On May 5th, when I was in, in Cagliari, guess what happens? Nearly 3,000 US NATO troops land in Sardinia. And um, 
I was I felt very bad for my own ignorance about this, but I came to understand that Sardinia, um, if you look at Sardinia, is almost like an egg, right? In the mid-eastern part of that egg, which faces the ocean, that's called the Oleostra region. That's where people really live to 100 plus. South of that region is a place called Quira, Q-U-I-R-R-A. In that place in Quira, the shepherds, listen to this, is so horrible, uh, have had a 65% cancer rate, 65%. And those born, you know, 1990s, 1995, um, have a 25% chance people of that age group are going to get cancer. It's huge. So in this one region, you have people living to 100 plus, and in this other region, queer. And why is that? It turns out that since 1956, a little bit before Kennedy came in, after Eisenhower in that period, the United States saw and NATO saw Sardinia as a very strategic interest. Okay, because look at where it is. You can go, you know, Google it right now. And so Sardinia was used as a point for U.S. and NATO imperialism. And um, about 20 years ago, it turned out that people were using this Quira location, Q-U-I-R-A, um, as a point for U.S. and NATO doing weapons testing because they could fire missiles, they could do war games. In fact, on May 5th, the United States was coming in there to do war games with NATO. Um, and what was those war games for? Well, when they do war games, they fire missiles now. Well, those missiles, the tips of those missiles are depleted uranium, radioactive. And when they hit something and shatter, they put out thorium. Thorium and the particles are so fine, they're nanoparticles, which are one one thousandth of a red blood cell. If the red blood cell is this big, these thorium particles can enter any red blood cell. So people have had a high level of cancer. 65%, 65% of the shepherds in the southern region of, uh, in, in the region called Quira have cancer. So think about what's happening. Instead of the United States going to Sardinia and learning how Americans can, can give longer, right? Because they're going, uh, their life expectancy is going down. Instead, instead, the US military industrial complex is exporting death to Sardinia. Does that make sense? Makes no sense to me. And all of these politicians, left and right, all of the academics, all of the media people are staying silent and accept our movement for truth, freedom, and health on our campaign, Shiva for President, because ultimately, like everyone listening, I'm one of you and all of us are working people. We're bottoms up. And that's why I can't overemphasize that this run for president is completely paradigm changing, completely paradigm changing. We're not a scumbag like Kennedy, whose family comes from mafia people. Kennedy purports to do all this. He's a complete full of shit, fork-tongued person. We're not Donald Trump who has, um, you know, uh, golden-plated uh, uh, toilet seats. We're not Joe Biden, who basically is a complete scam artist. We're not uh, any of these people, our movement. It's bottoms up. And it has always been bottoms up movements that have changed the world. Sardinia is an example. When the Italian government tried to seize all their lands, they fought back. It is only bottoms up movements. So if you're in the United States or you're anywhere else in the world, note that they do not give a damn about you. They do not give a damn about the suffering of everyday people. They don't give a damn that people are dying young. They want people to die young because 
if U.S. policymakers and world policymakers really wanted their people to live long, they'd be going and understanding Sardinia and importing that into their countries. Instead, what they're doing is they're exporting to Sardinia uranium-depleted weapon missile systems, which are blowing up and killing Sardinians. All right. So this is pretty sick. So I really um, uh, want to ask all of you, number one, recognize that there is a way out of it. And the only way out of it is to build a movement. And people have to start learning how to think systems. So if you want to be a warrior scholar, go to truthfromhealth.com and do that. You can also support our campaign. By the way, you can support us with money. You can volunteer. And when you donate to our campaign, I'm very, very generous because I don't like to take anything for nothing. I actually give you a lot of knowledge, books, and courses. So anytime you give us something, we give you back something. That's really the community model. Okay, It's not about being a parasite. All right. So anyway, I hope this was valuable. Build community, build immunity. Okay. Build community, build Im uh, immunity. Number two, do some type of vigorous exercise each day, moderate and light. And three, really start looking at how you can support your gut. Simple thing, sauerkraut, simple thing, you know, fermented foods, um, simple thing, fermented locally, um, you know, some type of um, fermented foods, okay, period. I'm not saying go get drunk, but fermented foods are very, very healthy. Anyway, I hope this was valuable. And I want to encourage all of you to get off your butts, you know, uh, support building a movement. We've created the infrastructure of truth, freedom, and health for all of you to be, be part of that. I'm running for president. It gives you another opportunity to get off your butts and participate and build community. Again, every Thursday, as Ken Fielding said, every Thursday you can join our open house in our town hall, Thursday at 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. EST at vashiva.com slash orientation. You can go sign up. The other thing I want to emphasize to everyone is please share, click the share, subscribe, right? If you're on YouTube or Twitter, you can hit notifications so you get notified and, and like what you're seeing because that's how we get out of the censors because they're getting much more sophisticated in their censorship because we're exposing them. So anyway, everyone, I hope you have a good evening, good morning, wherever you are and be the light and uh, join the community. Be well. Thank you. Thank you.